Welcome to GrishaCast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moisavayeni casters, this is GrishaCast, and this is Eric, your host, with... Terry, your other host. Yay! Yay! How are you, girl? I am good. How are you? I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I've had... Um, it's been a stressful week. It really um, has. I'm, I'm excited that we have a long weekend. Yeah, we do. We get Monday off, and that's amazing. Hooray for government jobs. <laughs> I know. I just had a crazy week at work. I um, Even some of my coworkers were commenting like, wow, Eric, I'm so sorry. All the people coming to your window are insane, and I will give you my 10-minute break if I could, like, I don't know. Like it was just, I had a lot of craziness going on at my window. It, it was seemed insane. Like a crazy week. It was, and it was just, it was hard. We also had someone out, so there was just a lot of extra traffic. And but the good thing is, is I got to leave Friday, and I had all my work done. So I got to start my three day weekend, not being like, oh my gosh. When I go back in on Tuesday, I've got all this stuff to do. Like you I can leave it behind. Yeah, I cleared. I I got it all done. That's awesome. I know. I love that feeling. So I'm caught up. Woohoo! <laughs> well, earlier this week, um, and I already came out to my friends and family. This mm-hmm. is something you already know about me, um, but I I feel like I can, I can come out to the world now. Mm-hmm. I'm a Celine Dion fan. Ooh, girl. And I saw Celine Dion for the first time on Monday. Oh, my God. How was it? I cried tears of joy. (laughs) Now, the reason why this is a big deal is because I am a dark and twisty individual. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) And that is very uncharacteristic of me. Um, And so it's something I've kept a secret in my heart for a long time so people wouldn't judge me. I understand that completely. And the secret is out. Well, how, like, um, were there songs that made you cry? Yes. The Prayer Always Makes Me Cry. Okay. Now, she did it as a solo. She didn't do it as a duet. Um, But that song always gets to me. So, did I she, had tears in my eyes. Did she, of course, do the iconic Titanic song? Of course. That was the finale in a big, poofy, fabulous white dress. Did... And how did it go? Like, I mean, like, was it just amazing? It was incredible because, you know, she's been at Vegas for a long time. So yeah. she brought that flair to the show, too, where um, where she talked a lot to the audience. And it was just it was really good. There was no opening act. It was purely her for three sta- straight hours. Wow. And it was just fantastic. That woman has energy. Well, she is iconic, and I mean, that is a voice. I mean, yes, it's one- and she can still belt out those notes. Mm. Well, that's the thing. It's it's one like she's one of those performers that are just absolutely amazing because you just when you hear them live, it's just wow. It is um, just chills. Kind of like if like Whitney were still around, like she's yes. one of those like performers that just like I mean had one of those voices that was just iconic it was and it's just those are no, there's not that many people out there like like that no and there's lo- not a lot of singers um and the the queens that can still belt out those notes you know oh. with age you kind of lose that and oh absolutely you still got it well my secret obsession like that and i've kind of mentioned it on the podcast oh i i put hints in there but mine's britney spears 
So, um, and she is not, she's a performer, but she's not there like belting out her songs. We know that. So she's not a performer like Celine Dion, but she, um, I love her dancing and I'm just a huge Brit fan. Um, yeah, we're, I'm part of the Britney army. You can totally groove to her songs. I've seen it and it's fabulous. Oh my God. She's amazing. So that's my little like hidden secret, but, um, if you've been listening to the podcast, then I've dropped hints here and there. I don't know whether you've gotten them or not, but they've been there all along. Um, well, there's a big secret for y'all. But one thing that Terry and I both love and is our absolute musical queen is Tori Amos. Oh, yes. And we, uh, we've, we've seen her together. We've gone, we've gone only gone once together, yes. but we've been to all the same concerts. Mm-hmm. But we got, ah, uh, she's amazing. She is. She's our, um, she's our queen. So yes, she's my goddess. Oh my God. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Well, let's move on to our other goddess, our author goddess, Miss uh, Lee Bardugo and our Grisha verse. So anyways, yeah, we've been, um, really getting in there with Siege and Storm. We're getting to the end folks. So I, I know that it might seem like some of these chapters are not so action-packed, but I have a feeling it's going to get there. We're hitting the crescendo. Yeah. And I, I just want to remind people that I have read these books, but it has been a minute. So I'm, I feel like I'm rereading it for the first time. Like I know, I know some of the main plot points, but a lot of this is just kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot that happened. And, um, Anyway, so, and also, Terry hasn't, so we are trying not to spoil that for her. So we're not talking too far into the future. Exactly, we don't. And, um, well, and I love that. I love that we have that aspect. We've, we've got her here for and the I first time. And I can make guesses? Yeah, she can. And, and you can laugh at me if I'm horrifically wrong? Well, we're all good. I know that the majority of all the people listening to us um, have read this, so... Just have fun with us and just realize that, I mean, we are reading along and yeah, we're going to pretend that way. So if we read, some, if we make a comment about something that you know is absolutely wrong, just bear in mind, we'll get there. We'll realize that we're wrong. I've done that before many times on this podcast, <laughs> like forgotten something. So anyways, um, we're, we're having such a great time doing this and um, yeah, it's just amazing. So let's do this. So recap the last week really like i mean when i think of the main things that happened i think of her cracking that egg in that dome <laughs> i just i mean just shutting up the grisha like hey guys this is me she cut it she did and i just i love that it's described as like like an egg being like cracked mm-hmm. because i just i don't know that's very visual for me <laughs> um now there's a big old hole in the ceiling yep and um and then we got to see Bagra. We got, and that that was great. Also, uh, kind of heartbreaking. It was, but I love when you get to revisit characters. But yes, um, yeah, it is heartbreaking. But I have a feeling it's not the end of her. Oh no, absolutely not. No, Some no, of these her main... story's not done yet. No, 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 no. Um, and what's amazing about just this whole trilogy is just that I mean. Beyond this, tri- I'm sorry, beyond this trilogy, the stories still go on, um, which is neat. And Terry's going to see that. She's going to. I'm so I, excited. I am too. I'm really excited for you. And um, 
Yeah. So, and excited for my husband, producer, who has only read this trilogy. So I'm excited when we get to the next duology, The Six of Crows, which is just absolutely amazing. It's where she really, I think, starts to... And she just gets a grip on her writing in a different way, and she forms a style, and it's just, it's amazing. And I think it's really what made her famous and get out there. Um, well, good. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. So we're going to stop talking about all that and <laughs> get back to Grisha Cast. Because, oh my God. We got shit to cover. There are so many things that happened immediately. We mm-hmm. immediately learn so many things. Yes, starting, like, yeah, so she's right. Starting in Chapter 16, we've got Alina going and talking to David, who has pretty much been, like, avoiding her, um, yeah. I think, since they've been, since he's seen her. And I understand why. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a quiet guy anyway. He is. And it's got to, you know, feel a little awkward. Yeah. So she follows him. And, I mean, she just gets to it. She asks what he's, um, he's working on something. Um, and she asks what he's doing. And he says that he's working on creating these dishes, these reflective bowls based off of a parabola. Um, did I say that right? Parabola? or Parabola. Parabola? (laughs) What is it? It sounds like a disease. I think it's a parabola. I think. But anyways, so there are these reflective bowls, which, I mean, is we know that she's had the little mirrors in the past to help direct her light. But this is something different. And they say, and Lee specifically says in what we read that it's something for the cut, which is like, you know. magnifies the power. Of the cut, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. But (laughs) he's still trying to test it out. And it's either going to make it huge and phenomenal or absolutely kill the person performing Blow stuff it. stuff up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Blow folk to bits. Exactly. Um, so while she's talking to him, she asks him what he knows about Ilya Mortsova. And he tells her that he was known as the Bonesmith. And that is because he created the amplifiers, get this guy's, with Merzost. Just like the Darkling. He didn't discover them like she had originally thought. Right. He made them with magic. Exactly. So that is um, huge. That's big news. Exactly. Yeah. Huge news. Yeah, because Merzost is, I mean, it's just another word for magic. It's something that is kind of looked down upon because, and I think it's looked down upon because it just creates madness, like people have seen that it's just like you can't cre- you're not supposed to create stuff you're a grisha you're supposed to you're not supposed to create something out of nothing exactly you're supposed to use the elements you have available exactly so it's a little scary it is and especially since we know that this is exactly what the darkling has done with his nietzsche voya um that's i mean they're created out of Merzos. Mm-hmm. so anyways we are going to come upon our first scene by the way. So I'm going to play Alina, your sun summoner, and Terry is going to play David. So, um, curtain up. How? I asked. 
No one knows, David said, glancing over his shoulder again. After the black heretic was killed in the accident that created the fold, his son came out of hiding to take control of the second army. He had all of Mordsova's journals destroyed. His son? Again, I was faced with the knowledge of how few people knew the Darkling secret. The Black Heretic had never died. There had only ever been one Darkling, a single powerful Grisha who had ruled the Second Army for generations, hiding his true identity. As far as I knew, he'd never had a son, and there was no way he would destroy something as valuable as Mortzova's journals. Aboard the whaler, he'd said not all the books prohibited the combination of amplifiers. Maybe he'd been referring to Mortzova's own writings. Why was his son in hiding, I asked, curious as to how the Darkling had managed to frame such a deception. This time David frowned as as if the answer were obvious. A Darkling and his heir never live at the little palace at the same time. The risk of assassination is too great. I see, I said. Plausible enough, and after hundreds of years, I doubted anyone would question such a story. The Grisha did love their traditions, and Jinya couldn't have been the first tailor the Darkling had kept in his employ. Why would he have had the journals destroyed? They documented Mortsova's experiments with amplifiers. The black heretic was trying to recreate those experiments when something went wrong. The hair rose on my arms. And the result was the fold. David nodded. His son had all of Mortsova's journals and papers burned. He said they were too dangerous, too much of a temptation to any Grisha. That's why I didn't say anything at the meeting. So how do you know? David looked around the almost empty workshop again. Mortsova was a fabricator, maybe the first, certainly the most powerful. He did things that no one's ever dreamed of before or since. He gave a sheepish shrug. To us, he's kind of a hero. Do you know anything else about the amplifiers he's created? David shook his head. There were rumors of others, but the stag was the only one I'd ever heard of. It was possible David had never, ever even seen the Historia Sanctia. The apparat had claimed that the book was once given to all Grisha children when they arrived at the little palace, but that was long ago. The Grisha put their faith in the small science, and I'd never known them to bother with religion. Superstition, the Darkling had called the, re- the Red Book. Peasant propaganda, clearly David hadn't made the connection between Sanct Ilya and Ilya Mortsova, or he had something to hide. So, end of scene. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So we. Do, that's a lot of information. It is. It is. Um, we've we just we got a lot in there, and it just brings up a lot of trying to figure out just about Mortzova, and that's pretty much I think what Alina's path is right now is she's just she's trying to make this connection and trying to find more about him. Yeah, she learned a lot during that conversation. Yep. But um, also, we again, we learned that the stories are all kind of twisted and not the same, um, since some people have heard of the firebird and these other creatures, mm-hmm. but David's only heard of the stag. Yeah. So no one, no two people know the same story. Yeah. So Alina then asked David why he's here and about also about him fashioning her collar. He mentions that he he knew the Darkling would be able to control her power when he when he did that, but never would have guessed he would have killed all the people of Novo, Novokurbirsk as he did. So that's also 
something that we were kind of, I was wondering, I mean, just questioning, like, you know, why would David do that? He didn't seem like that type yeah. of person. And, um, we can feel a little better about him now. Yeah, exactly. I've got a, a quote here. Um, I wanted to believe that he had underestimated the Darkling's ruthlessness. I'd certainly made the same mistake, but he might be lying or he might just be weak. Which is worse? Asked a harsh voice in my head. If he can change sides once, he can do it again. Was it Nikolai's voice, the Darkling's, or was it just the part of me that had learned to trust no one? Good luck with the dishes, I said as I rose to leave. David hunched over his papers. I don't believe in luck. Too bad, I thought. We're going to need some. End quote. And, um, yeah. So, we're just, we're getting a lot of info here about David, which I think is great because he's he's just been a little little guy recently, and especially since Jenya's been in love with him in the first book. So, um, moving on. Moving on. Alina decides, like, I mean, as I said, she wants to figure out this Moritzova thing. So she goes to research in the library. And I think her main thing here is to figure out the difference. Figure out more about Ilya Moritzova, the fabricator, or, and, St. Ilya, the martyr. Because, I mean, he's known as both. And, I mean, we just found out that, I mean, he's the most, he's the biggest fabricator, but we also know that he's considered saint Ilya, and um so she discovers that he might just be the greatest fabricator fabricator that ever lived and um that's huge huge stuff so that is huge and if i love some of the stuff that's in here because this is a little bit of backstory and about Ilya, and it's a quote here we go like most saint saint's tales the story of his martyrdom was depressingly brutal one day a plow had overturned in the fields behind his home hearing the screams Ilya ran to help only to find a man weeping over his dead son the boy's body torn open by the blades the ground soaked through with blood Ilya had brought the boy back to life and the villagers had thanked him for it by clapping him in irons and tossing him into a river to sink beneath the weight of his chains. The details were hopelessly muddy. Sometimes Ilya was a farmer, sometimes a mason or a woodworker. He had two daughters or one son or no children at all. A hundred different villages claimed to be the site of the martyrdom. Then there was the small problem of the miracle he performed. I had no problem believing that Saint Ilya might be a corporalnik healer, but Ilya Mortsover was supposed to be a fabricator. What if they weren't the same person at all? So those are Alina's thoughts, and I just I, I think she's on to something. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different stories going around, and it's just, what do you believe? I mean, especially when things come, when they are stories like that. and Yeah, we're getting more of the, the muddiness. Exactly. We don't really know the true story yet. No. We can't put the pieces together. And then in, in that story, it's just so sad that, I mean, supposedly, like, I mean, he helps um, this. He, he brings this boy back to life. And then obviously the people are so freaked out that he's a Grisha and then try to kill him. They probably think that he was using magic. Well, yeah, exactly. So um, it's just I always find that stuff so hypocritical, you know. I mean, I don't know. And this day, <laughs> I don't know if... If something like that happened today, like somebody I cared about or something, whatever, like died and someone was able to bring them back to life, 
I would not be like, oh my God, you're using magic. You're a witch. You're Satan. I would be praising them and thanking them so much. So it just... It would it, be a miracle. It, it would, wouldn't be... Some, yeah. It wouldn't be a crime. Right. Well, and it just kind of shows us, I mean, of the timing and how how Ravka is. I mean, it's just, that's what that's what they're like. They um, A lot of people are scared of the Grisha. And now we're back in the same spot. People are scared. So anyways, back into the Grisha verse. Um, Tolia um, discovers her in the library one night. Um, she's obviously still trying to study, um, find more stuff. And he helps her translate a part of a book that was in liturgical Ravkin. And he, she was just surprised that he knew how to read it. And what it said, I don't know if this is a key point, but it said, St. Ilya the Beloved, St. Ilya the Treasured. There are a few towns, and then below that, there are a few towns listed. And it seems that they were the places that he had performed miracles. So Alina then kind of is like, well, this is a good place to start. You know, I mean, a, a list of towns that the miracles he had done. So it's kind of neat. A little, little hunt going on. Um, Tolia mentions to her that she should check out the chapel um, and look through some of those books there. And um, she's a little hesitant at first, but um, she's, she decides she's going to. And Mal, of course, now returns from his big, great tracking trip <laughs> with all those wonderful people. Um and gets to share a little bit about that and um, how that went. He's off doing his manly stuff. He is. Having some gossip. Yeah, and he's also, I mean, an outsider, too. He is. He's, he's just been following Alina this entire time. And we, I think that's just something really important to remember, that he's followed Alina. He is not a part, like, this is a whole new world to him. And to go on this tracking trip, by the way, with all these, like, noblemen and stuff like, like, I mean, that's, he, that's not his crowd. That's not, I mean, that's just, that's big, I think. Um, but he decide he tells her more, like, how it went, and that pretty much the nobles are really still scared of the Grisha, and that they think that they pretty much need to all be executed. And also that Alina's powers are fake, that they use some kind of like hidden mirrors yeah. and like fog <laughs> machines and stuff like that, that it's just this big performance. And he ended up talking her up though. Um, and he wanted, when he was talking to them, he wanted to tell them, get them to see the side of Alina that he knows. So he told them supposedly stories of them growing up. And here's a quote of what he said. I wanted to make you human, he said. All they see when they look at you is a sun summoner. They see a threat, another powerful Grisha like the Darkling. I want them to see a daughter or a sister or a friend. I want them to see Alina. Boom. I love that line. I'm yeah. just like, that's just so sweet. It, it is, is sweet. I mean, he really has gone through a lot for her. Um, and he, he believes in her. He, he really does. So, And he knows her as not a Grisha. He actually knows the quote-unquote human oh, absolutely. side of her. From the very beginning. Yes. I mean, if we go all the way back to, like, I mean, childhood. When she wasn't using powers at all. 
Yeah, and hiding them so she mm-hmm. could still be with him. So, uh, wow, the history they just have is, and it's just like this connection, you know, we know that they love each other. And I mean, it's, so it's the romance part of the story that we keep watching. And sometimes it gets a little heartbreaking because you can tell that there's, there's some frustration now since Nikolai came around. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And that he, and that Mal doesn't <clears throat> feel as useful. Right. Oh, and which is so weird because I mean, think back. Alina has been in that spot before. Yes. The roles are reversed now. Mm-hmm. And this is Alina's time, and Mal's having a hard time with it. Yeah, which, I mean, you've got to think how relevant that is in modern day in any kind of relationship, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, just sometimes your partner might have their time, and it's okay to step back and let them have, let that light shine for them. Don't get, like, jealous or freaked out i mean everybody gets their time do you have to just be supportive and be a cheerleader that's what i'm that's actually something that we're trying to kind of um teach our son right now is about like just those key points because our son by the way he's a foster child and we got him three months ago and um we love that he's with us um but he's 13 so he's got a hard age it's a hard age and he's just he's He's, he's been alive for 13 years. We haven't been there with him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot we're trying to teach him. And Chris and I are just, um, I don't know, we're just very um, relaxed people in our house. We um, don't practice any, like, crazy, like, relig- like we're just, it's a very spiritual household almost. It's um, just, our home is a sanctuary, that, and we don't like bringing any negativity in there whatsoever. And um, our son just has, he's, he's, He's just growing up, and we're just trying to help him get through that. So anyways. Well, and if anybody can do that, it's you too. Girl, keep your fingers crossed because we are <laughs> we are working hard. I don't think you need any luck. You two are some of the most loving people ever, and he will get through it just Aww. by being in the environment. You're so sweet. Only the truth. Terry was there at our wedding. She was a whole she part was. of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Lord. So um, back to the Grisha verse. Um, some Ravka backstories. Um, they, um, Mal and Alina go to check out the chapel together. That's where she was about to go. So Mal's like, I'll go along with you. <laughs> so, um, and I just love this little part just because it's a backstory. The chapel was the only remaining building of a monastery that had once stood atop Azalta. And it was said to be where the first kings of Ravka had been crowned. Compared to the other structures on the palace grounds, it was a humble building with whitewashed walls and a single bright blue dome that's it i just love like little things like that where it just talks about like the first kings of ravka and like just yeah. little things like that and now it's just like kind of sitting there empty yeah. and not really yeah. empty but not really used well and it's like it, the only remaining building yeah. of their monastery and i just love that lee came up with that like i just love it when authors like lee do things like this where they don't just write a story they are writing so so detailed they, so they build a world exactly and they know how to like bring it out they don't just throw it all out at you at once it's just kind of like given in bits and pieces which it's like there's just little like little eggs that i love you know like easter eggs yes. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so they look around, and the 
only thing of real interest is really this huge picture that they see of the saints. And they notice that um, it's obviously St. Ilya, it, it, part of the picture is St. Ilya, but it doesn't show him with any of these amplifiers. It's just showing him in these damn chains. So they, and that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for that story of the chains. We're trying to find out more about these amplifiers, kind of like the picture that they see in the Istori Sanctia. So, um, yeah, there's no pictures of yeah. the amplifiers, animals. No, nothing. none of that. So, didn't have much luck. Nope. And this part is so crazy. So, they turn to walk back um, down the aisle to leave. And what does Elena see sitting in the pews? The Darkling. Of course. And he is haunting her. Yeah, so we've got another sighting. <laughs> Darkling it, sighting. Exactly. <laughs> Darkling sighting. Um, and um, anyways, they so they walk past him, supposedly him, um, and Mal, of course, doesn't see him. But, of course, Alina's, like, freaked out by this um, and just keeps walking by so they get out of there they get out of the chapel and she's like oh thank god for the (laughs) fresh air and um here all of a sudden we come in contact with who but vasili who just kind of shows up out of nowhere (laughs) exactly and which is so weird alina points out because she's never ever seen him outside the palace so this is new and this is us getting ready for um scene two and um, pretty much right before um, we do our scene, Vasily asks to speak to Elena alone. So um, asking Mal if he'll please step aside. So Mal does. He's like, I'll be right down the hill or the bluff or says something like that. I don't know. I'll gonna, be around. Yes, I'll be around. So <laughs> I'm um, watching you. So scene two, curtain up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I forgot to tell you guys. I'm playing Alina. And Terry is going to play Vasily. So, okay, curtain up. <laughs> what can I do for you, Moisarovich? Please, he said. I would prefer you call me Vasily, at least when we are in private. I blinked. I'd never been alone with the prince before, and I didn't want to be now. How are you settling in at the little palace, he asked. Very well, thank you, Moitsarovich. Vasily. I don't know that it's appropriate to speak to you so informally, I said primly. You call my brother by his given name. I met him under unique circumstances. I know he can be very charming, Vasily said. But you should know that he's also very deceptive and very clever. That's certainly true, I thought. But all I said was, he has an unusual mind. Vasily chortled. What a diplomat you've become. You've a most refreshing way about you. Given time, I have no doubt that, despite your humble antecedents, you will learn to conduct yourself with the restraint and elegance of a noblewoman. You mean I'll learn to shut up? Vasily gave a disapproving sniff. I needed to get out of this conversation before I really offended him. Vasily might seem a fool, but he was still a prince. Indeed, no, he said with a stifled laugh. You have a delightful candor. Thank you, I mumbled. If you'll excuse me, your highness. Vasily stepped into my path. 
I don't know what arrangement you've made with my brother, but you must realize he's a second son. Whatever his ambitions, that's all he will ever be. Only I can make you queen. There it was. I heaved an internal sigh. Only a king can make a queen, I reminded him. Vasily waved this talk away. My father won't live much longer. I as good as rule Ravka now. Is that what you call it? I thought with a surge of irritation. I doubted Vasily would even be in Azalta if Nikolai didn't present a threat to his crown. But this time I held my tongue. You've risen high for a Karamzin orphan, he went on. But you might rise higher still. I can assure you, Moitsarevich, I said with complete honesty, I have no such ambitions. Then what do you want, Sun Summoner? Right now, I'd like to go have my lunch. His lower lip jutted out sulkily, and for a moment, he looked just like his father. Then he smiled. You're a smart girl, he said, and I think you'll prove a useful one. I look forward to deepening our acquaintance. I would like nothing better, I lied. He took my hand and pressed his moist mouth to my knuckles. Until then, Alina Starkov. I stifled a gag. As he strode off, I wiped my hand surreptitiously on my kefta. End scene. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff there because all of a sudden we've got um, Vasily coming in saying, look, I actually am going to be the the king and I'm the only one that can make you queen, which is totally what Nikolai did not think would happen. Back, I mean, going back, Nikolai didn't like thought that like his brother wouldn't want to do any of this. Yeah, he thought he would just be willing to step aside. Yeah, well, sorry, that's not what it looks like right now. And he's, to me, in a way, like, I mean, was he kind of like a weird marriage proposal right there, like in a really weird way, like saying like only I yes. can make you queen. Okay. Yes, it was another proposal. Yeah. So she's got two princes after her. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Go, girl. Go, Lena. Mm-hmm. It's your birthday. Work that summoner one way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Flaunt it. Flaunt that captain. Now turn. <laughs> <laughs> Go, girl. Go, girl. Right. So, yeah, it's not only princes, but they're brothers. So, wow. Yeah, and they're so different. Nikolai's so awesome. Good job, Alina. Vasily's such a... Oh, that was so gross. Yeah. In that quote, he was such a... Uh, yeah. And I, creep. And the way that she describes it, like, I mean, the pressed his moist mouth <laughs> to my knuckles. <laughs> no, thank you. Lord. God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So moving on into chapter 17, um, kind of like a little time hop, or not really a time hop, but anyways, they... We started out where we talk about the summer weather is starting to really kind of kick in. It's getting kind of brutal. But here's something crazy. The nobles, with their such like their their anti-Grisha mindset, <laughs> like still are okay with having the Grisha help them stay cool by yeah. having the squalors and fabricators fashion ice blocks. As long as they're comfortable. Yeah. It's perfectly fine to use their powers. It's obvious it's obvious that they're using they want the Grisha to be like their servants. Um and it's such hypocrites. So ugh. Makes me sick. Anyways. So 
Nikolai still hoped to bring the fight to the Darkling, but no one is able to seem to find him. So it looks like this plan is now having to change to bring the fight to Azalta, um, having the Darkling being forced to come to them now. And um, there's a quote I've got here real quickly. Our only advantage was that the Darkling couldn't simply send the Nichevoya against us. He had to stay close to his creatures, and that meant he would have to march to the capital with them. So, end quote. So that's um, just change stuff around. They're trying to, you know, I mean, figure this out. Um, they, they still want to go to him. But well, they can't find the Darkling or the Apparat, so... Yeah, they have no... They're not that great at finding things, apparently. No, um, and nobody knows where anybody is. It's just this bad game of hide and seek. <laughs> it's a very terrifying game of hide and seek. It is. <laughs> With high stakes. Very high stakes. <laughs> so, um, but, like, I, I mean, the que- so the question lies on w- whether the Darkling is going to, so they don't think he's in Ravka because they've, like, searched. Um, but they're wondering whether he's going to enter from the Shuhan or from Fjorda. And the good thing is, is that like that's going to give them at least an advantage because both countries are so far away that I mean they'll be able to see that coming. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Um, and at this council meeting, they discuss how to defeat the Darkling and their next plan. So Nikolai says. They're not indestructible, Nikolai said, nodding to me. And the Darkling isn't either. I know I shot him. Zoya's Zoya's eyes widened. You shot him? Yes, he said. Unfortunately, I didn't do a very good job of it, but I'm sure I'll improve with practice. He surveyed the Grisha, looking into each worried face before he spoke again. The Darkling is powerful, but so are we. He's never faced the fight of the first and second armies working in tandem, or the kinds of weapons I intend to supply. We face him, we flank him, we see which bullet gets lucky. And, um, yeah, so this plan's unrolling. Um, we're figuring it out. And and then the next question that's brought up is actually a really good question. And it's not something that I had thought of either. Yeah. That, um, do we know what happens to the shadow soldiers when they kill the Darkling? Absolutely. Do they hang out? Or do they die with him? Yeah, and it is a really good question. And I think, um, because Pasha brings that up, and Alina's just so excited. (laughs) Alina wants to hug her because of it. And it's a very good question. And I personally think, like, I mean, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't know. Um, I mean, I might. No, I mean, it's a big thing to think that they're even going to kill the Darkling in the first place. That's a a terrifying thought and kind of way out way out there Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a very valid question those little nothings yes where do they go yeah and just to go back i think they kind of um there's a quote that pretty much i think tells the plan actually like actually does divulge their plan perfectly and worded very well so here's this quote while the darkling shadow horde was focused on the little palace he would be vulnerable small heavily armed units of grisha and soldiers would be stationed at two mile intervals around the capital once the fighting began they would close on the darkling and unleash all the firepower that nikolai could muster 
in a way it was what the Darkling had always feared. Again, I remembered how he'd described the new weaponry being created beyond Rafka's borders and what he'd said to me so long ago beneath the caved-in roof of an old barn. The age of Grisha power is coming to an end. And that was a quote actually from further back. So, yeah, but uh, that actually takes us into the next section nicely. Yeah. We talk about um, the defense and the the weaponry yep. that they have going on in the in the area. Exactly. Um, they decided to concentrate on protecting Azalta, um, how the bells would be rung for the people to know that they're coming. Um, Nikolai's installed some large guns on the roof, um, similar to the guns that I guess he's had on the hummingbird that we saw. And Alina, Alina has found spots on the roof to use her power. Um, it might not stop the Nichevoya, but it would at least slow them down, she admits. Yeah. So she's, it's good. You know, I mean, you've got to, got to put all this stuff together. It kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones. Um, that oh, when we're getting, getting ready for yeah. a storm. Well, we're yeah. ready for storm, storm in the castle. Yeah, like I mean that very like that very last season when they were just getting ready for the Dark Knight or what mm-hmm. is that what the episode was called the Dark Knight I think it was just the big fight at the very right, end yeah. and they were just like everybody's there ready to kill the White Walkers and um, that's that's just what it reminds me of yeah, here. Got to get ready. Yeah. So um, another neat thing is um the Material Kai and Inferni are working together right now on creating something called a Granatki, um, which I'm assuming is kind of like a grenade. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. But with also the power of creating huge flashes of light. So... Yeah, it sounds like a, a light grenade. Yeah. Um, they've just got to work on it. Because they um, don't want it to help the Darkling by um, also flattening everyone around yeah, them. Sounds like they've had a few um, misfires and accidents right. along the way. Yep. Um, and Nikolai, this is totally up his alley, so he um, he wants to get involved in it. So, And I think that's great, and I think that's going to help him. It's going to get his mind off his douchebag brother. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's... He's doing really well with, and this is going to help him, which he's already doing well with the Grisha, but we got to remember how charismatic Nikolai is. Yeah. And how. And, and Sturman was really big into getting things like this together and the mm-hmm. weaponry and everything, too. So. Well, I think it's going to help us when we get further along, when, like, I mean, whoever the king is, um, when it comes between Vasily and Nikolai, I mean, Nikolai is a people's person. Yes. And we've seen that. And now working with them the grisha to be able to create this granatki or help help with it i mean it's just i don't know i think vasily's probably going to be biting his lip a little bit um just like ugh, because he's not going to do that you <laughs> no. know he's he looks at them as like just like ugh, not going to be around them he wants to go be lazy with all the ice that they're making yeah absolutely uh they also were trying to design something that would combine grisha steel and human bone ew yeah, that would be infused into the Grisha skin. It would help with any Nietzsche Voya bites. Um, so, and they're testing that, and it sounds horribly painful. So that's an interesting thing that they're trying to create, um, just to test and see if it would work. But, um, yeah, so they also are starting to use Alina to try... Um, 
they're using her in other ways um, for to make allies with the bordering countries, you know. Um, and of course, Nikolai's doing this as well. They're like them working together, um, being friendly with their allies. So when it does come time, they can really be unified. It's more of it's it's a it it's a fight against the Darkling with. Not only Ravka, but the Shuhan, and you know, I mean, everybody's going to work together. Yeah, it's a right. common enemy. Exactly, exactly. So, um, I got a quote here, but nothing was as tedious as the strategy sessions with the king's advisors and commanders. The king rarely attended. He preferred to spend his days hobbling after serving maids and sleeping in the sun like an old tomcat in his absence his counselors talked in endless circles they argued that we should make peace with the darkling or that we should go to war with the darkling they argued for allying with the sh- with the shoe then by partnering partnering with Fjorda, they argued every line of every budget from quantities of ammunition to what the troops ate for breakfast and yet it was rare that anything got done or decided end quote so that just kind of is showing us you know that sounds typical, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're going to discuss all that stuff, but, of course, they're discussing things that are, like, kind of pointless. Um, anyways, in all this mix-up, we've got Nadia, who then introduces her brother to Alina. Yeah. So, um, and Alina explains that during this, and I think this is a, it's a big plot point, that during this big war that's going to happen, we've got to remember there's a school there that um, teach the Grisha. So they're actually going to move all those students to Kremzen um, while the fight's going on so none of them could get hurt. So she introduces her little brother to Alina. Um, it's, it's Adric. And she can see the resemblance and said that, you know, we heard about the plan to evacuate the school and um, so Lena is looking at this little kid and she knows exactly what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. they say, you know, we want him to stay and he's being all big and bad. You know, I want to stay. You can't make me go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we know if you're a brother and sister that you'd want to stay together. Um, and they are just they're digging in their heels. Um, Alina says no several times. Um and I think the biggest quote here is, if you're afraid to disappoint him, think about what it would be like to bury him. Oh, wow. So that's a big decision that you have to make Yeah. as the older sibling. Is it better to disappoint him and tell him to go off with uh, the rest of the school or let him stay and do what he wants to do, but then you're going to face that possibility of him dying in this. So it makes it very real. Absolutely. But in the end... She lets him stay. She does. And, you know, I don't know why a lot of this is reminding me of Game of Thrones, but <laughs> it does. It reminds me of that little girl um, that's, like, the head of, like, some town. Oh. Yeah, and she's, like, and they they want her to stay in um, in the basement with all the, all the mm-hmm. women, and she's, like, nope, I'm going to mm-hmm. fight, and unfortunately. But she's got a very dramatic, like, kind of cool death. Yes, um, yes. Anyways, well, if you... She- kicked some butt she did she was such a cute little firecracker yeah she was so uh, moving on zoya um by the way who we haven't heard from in a while kind of um comes to alina um and starts off this conversation so this is gonna um be our next scene 
and Zoya, I'm going to play Zoya, mm-hmm. and Terry <laughs> is going to play Alina. And um, just so you know where we are in this, Zoya, this is um, Zoya talking about Mal. That's how this starts. So, curtain up. <laughs> I could watch him all day, said a voice behind me. I stiffened. Zoya was standing there. Even in the heat, she never seemed to sweat. You don't think he stinks of Karamzin? I asked, remembering the vicious word she had once spoken to me. I find the lower classes have a certain rough appeal. You will let me know when you're through with him, won't you? I beg your pardon? Oh, did I misunderstand? You two seem so close. But I'm sure you're setting your sights higher these days. I turned on her. What are you doing here, Zoya? I came for a training session. You know what I mean. What are you doing at the little palace? I'm a soldier of the Second Army. This is where I belong. I folded my arms. It was time Zoya and I had this out. You don't like me, and you've never missed an opportunity to let me know about it. Why follow me now? What choice do I have? I'm sure the Darkling would gladly welcome you back at his side. Are you ordering me to leave? She was striving for her usual haughty tone, but I could tell she was scared. It gave me a guilty little thrill. I want to know why you're so determined to stay. Because I don't want to live in darkness, she said. Because you're our best chance. I shook my head. Mm, Too easy. She flushed. Am I supposed to beg? Would she? I found I didn't mind the idea. You're vain. You're ambitious. You would have done anything for the Darkling's attention. What changed? What changed? She choked out. Her lips thinned and her fist clenched at her sides. I had an aunt who lived in Novokurbirsk, a niece. The Darkling could have told me what he meant to do. If I could have warned them... Her voice broke, and I instantly... I was instantly ashamed of the pleasure I'd felt at watching her squirm. Vogger's voice echoed in my ears. You're taking to the power well. As it grows, it will hunger for more. And yet, did I believe Zoya? Was the sheen in her eyes real or pretense? She blinked her tears back and glared at me. I still don't like you, Starkov. I never will. You're common and clumsy, and I don't know why you were born with such power. But you're the Sun Summoner, and if you keep can keep Ravka free, then I'll fight for you. I watched her, considering noting the two bright spots of color that flamed high on her cheeks, the trembling of her lip. Well? She said, and I could see how much it cost her to ask. Are you sending me away? I waited a moment longer. You can stay, I said, for now. End scene. Love it. Love, love, love it. I just, um... It was time for them to have it out. It was. And, I mean, Alina stood her ground. Zoya... (laughs) was her typical self and i think it's great so um mal comes up um to make sure that everything is okay and um it was zoya leaves elena explains a little about um her story with zoya i mean just what they talked about and how she doesn't know whether to trust her or not um understandably what yeah. yeah so um Mal then convinces Alina to take a break from her duties of getting ready for this war and to come to a party that evening thrown by none other than a pickle king. The pickle king. Also, 
date night. Yes, because they are needing it. They definitely need some time alone. And what better to bring people together than a pickle? I love pickles. Oh, my God. I just hope it's a Clausen. Mm. I love kosher pickles, especially Clausens. They're my favorite. Oh, yes. Mm. Better be kosher. It better be. Ugh. Better be circumcised. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Oops. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. So we are going into chapter 18. Um, so Tamar, Mal, and Alina go to this party, um, and they go dressed in a disguise uh, as fortune tellers. That would be fun. Uh, it would be. And they seem to be having fun doing it, too, because they're at the party and people are, like, asking them to, like, tell their future. And it's It'd just... be so fun to just give these fake, stupid fortunes. Absolutely. Without anybody knowing who you are. So they do. They have some fun. And then, of course, like like any good party, a, a, a fight <laughs> breaks out. That's uh, how you know it's good. Exactly. So they try to escape. Uh, well, they start escaping and leaving, and, um, you know, Alina somehow gets separated from Mal and Tamar and then is caught alone on in a dark area on the side of this mansion, and then who does she see or who comes? N- none other than, and she can smell him, by the way, um, um, the apparat. And Alina knows it's him because they mention... She, Lee mentions that she can smell him. She can smell his smell. That he smells like dirt and crypt. He's got a smell. It's like musty stuff. Um, (laughs) So this is going to lead us to our last scene for the evening. Um, Eric, me, will be playing the apparat. And Terry will be playing Alina. And then in a very small role, we have my husband, producer Chris, he will be playing Mal. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was an evil little laugh. It was. Okay. So um, this is um, this is the story. This is their conversation. So uh, curtain up. He still wore the brown robes of his station, but the king's double eagle was gone from his chest, replaced by a sunburst wrought in gold thread. Stay where you are, I warned. Alina Starkov, Sol Koraleva. I mean you no harm. Where's Tamar? If she's been hurt... Your guards will not be harmed, but I beg you to listen. What do you want? How do you know I, I would have been here? The faithful are everywhere, Sol Koraleva. Don't call me that. Every day your holy army grows, drawn by the promise of your light. They wait only for you to lead them. My army? I've seen the pilgrims camped outside the city walls, poor, weak, hungry, all desperate for the scraps of hope you feed them. There are others, soldiers. More people who think I'm a saint because you've sold them a lie? It is no lie, Alina Starkov. You are daughter of Karemzin, reborn of the fold. I didn't die, I said furiously. I survived because I escaped the Darkling, and I murdered an entire skiff of soldiers in Grisha to do it. Do you tell your followers that? Your people are suffering. Only you can bring about the dawn of a new age, an age consecrated in holy fire. His eyes were wild. 
the black so deep I couldn't see his pupils. But was his madness real or part of some elaborate act? Just who will rule this new age? You, of course, Sol Coraleva, Sancta Lina. With you at my right hand? I read the book you gave me. Saints don't live long lives. Come with me, Alina Starkov. I'm not going anywhere with you. You are not yet strong enough to face the Darkling. I can change that. I stilled. Tell me what you know. Join me and all will be revealed. I advanced on him, surprised by the throb of hunger and rage that shot through me. Where is the firebird? I thought he might respond with confusion, that he might pretend ignorance. Instead, he smiled, his gums black, his teeth a crooked jumble. Tell me, priest, I ordered, or I'll cut you open right here, and your followers can try to pray you back together. With a start, I realized that I meant it. For the first time, he looked nervous. Good. Had he expected a tame saint? He held up his hands placatingly. I do not know, he said. I swear it. But when the Darkling left the little palace, he did not realize it would be for the last time. He left many precious things behind, things others believed long since destroyed. Another surge of hunger crackled through me. Moritzova's journals? You have them? Come with me, Alina Starkov. There are secrets buried deep. Could he possibly be telling the truth? Or would he just hand me over to the Darkling? Alina! Mal's voice sounded from somewhere on the other side of the hedge. End scene. We did a great job, guys. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Anyways. Chris was the true star there. He was. Thank you so much for being a part of that, baby. I have a lot of one-liners. Well, you did fantastic. So, anyways, um, moving on. Mal and Tamar uh, come back into the picture and are worried that Alina was hurt. And um, they discover that the apparatus actually has disappeared. Tamar goes after him but can't find him. And Alina just tells Mal what that she thinks that the apparat might have Mortsova's journals. And he's just not listening. He's caring only about Alina's safety. And um, yeah, so on the ride back, they discuss how this brawl at the party was no mere accident. It was it it just it must have been something that the apparat kind of put together to talk to Alina. He wanted to. Or maybe we got a snitch. Yeah. That too. Snitches get stitches. (laughs) They sure do. (laughs) (laughs) And um, they try to figure out just, um, or they're discussing like how word got out. I mean, that means obviously, as you said, there's a snitch somewhere. Um, Snitches get cut. They do. Alina explains to Tamar and Mal what the apparat was talking about, but leaving out about the, the journals. She had only talked to Mal about those. So she points out that the apparat is the main thing is pointing out that the apparat is raising an army for her like i mean that's that's huge i mean a whole separate army um of all people that just believe she is this saint sun summoner yeah we didn't hear too much about that so hopefully we'll get more information on that later yeah um so mal and alina start to um they have a conversation and um comparing the apparat and Nikolai 
and they get a little bit in a tiff about this, how the apparat is telling people that she is a saint and has risen from the dead, which is a lie. Well, Nikolai is just actually letting people believe it. He's not, I mean, he, he knows the truth, but he's just letting people believe that. We saw that when they were going through those towns. Yeah, or maybe he's telling them what he thinks they need to hear in order to follow her. Exactly. So Mal's pretty irritated because, I mean, these are these are lies that are about Alina that are just changing, that have so much to do with this entire war. Like, I mean, like, they're just get, they're feeding people false information. And I understand it, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it's not true, you know? Um, so once back at Azalta, Alina expresses that she, um, she really does miss Mal. Um, she, they haven't been spending a lot of time together. Um, and this is while they're just kind of still kind of mad. Um, he, he mentions to her, well, you can come with me to target practice tomorrow. But of course she can't. She's got a little. She's t- got duties. Yeah, well, yeah, she actually, unfortunately, her response is she's got something to do with Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Um, so not the right thing to say um, because we know Mal is very irritated about Alina and Nikolai's relationship. Mm-hmm. So Mal then mentions how he, and this is the truth, he hates Azalta, um, that he doesn't fit in. Mal says how he feels Alina slipping away from him she responds by saying she will she's going to find some time she's going to she's going to make it work but mal tells alina it's it's not only that there's a lot more to it that she has pretty much changed since that fetter has hit her wrist and um even the way she talks about the firebird he mentions how she has a purpose. She's here to save Ravka, get the Firebird, lead the Second Army, but he doesn't know where where he is in the, all this picture. He doesn't... There we are. He yeah, doesn't the, have a... The, 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 the most heartbreaking thing, like what he says next. Mm-hmm. I came here for you. You're my flag. You're my nation. But that doesn't seem to matter anymore. Oh. It's, it's heartbreaking. That is, heartbreaking yeah and he just lets it all out there and it's true like i mean we i mean that is how he feels and i just i that is so heartbreaking um but they they still have a strong relationship they're still trying to get this together so he pulls her in for a kiss and right as his lips close on hers she sees the darkling in the corner of the room and flinches we get another darkling sighting Of course. At a terrible moment. Exactly. Darkling sighting. And so this happens, and of course, Mal steps back. I mean, anybody would if you're kissing someone and they flinch. And he's like, what's up? What's going on? And this is what got me. Um, The Darkling then speaks to Alina and says, tell him you see me when he takes you in his arms. Oh, my God. So Mal thinks that she pushed him away because she has feelings for Nikolai. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that he has um, kissed enough girls to know what this means. Not to worry. It won't happen again. And leaves. And that's so sad. It won't it happen again. He's he's pretty much just sealed it. Like, okay, like, I'm done. I, I 
I now see what I think is going right. on, which isn't, which is so frustrating because that's no. not what's going on. But let's pull this into real life, shall we? Yeah. Most men, and we're talking like a hetero relationship, mm-hmm. most men think that they want strong women until they actually get them. Wow. They admire the strong woman. They want to, quote unquote, tame the strong woman. I'm going to stand by her side. Mm-hmm. But very often it becomes too much. God, and that is how, yuck. That's why very powerful women typically are not married. Yeah. Or don't have very long like life partners. Because in a lot of relationships, it's hard for men to watch their women gain all the power. And the women that do have this power are torn to shreds in media and like everything. People just tear them to shreds because that's what that's what I got out of this. Oh, absolutely. Is that he was, you know, he he just tore into her. Since you have this power, you've changed. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has become herself. She's discovered the power within her. And now she's a more powerful woman. And he's like, but wait, what about me? And yes, it's heartbreaking. It is. And he's got feelings, but he's not satisfied with just stepping back. Yeah. He wants all of her attention still. He wants to be that man for her like he's always been. And she doesn't really need him anymore. And that gets to him. Yeah. And it's not that she doesn't need him. It's just he thinks that. he th- Like she needs him just in a different way. Because, I mean, of course she's going to change. She's, I mean... We knew the power was going to change her, but also, like, things have changed now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the like the plot's changed. We now have this other amplifier, mysterious amplifier, that we don't know what it can do. We know that what she does have so far isn't going to win the war. Like, so, I mean, there's, there, of course she's And there's changed. a possibility of her being queen. Right, that too. She's... And a lot has been thrust upon her in a very short period of time. Yes. And he used to be the star of the show in their relationship. Yes. He used to be the popular one, and people adored him. And I think people still do. He's just, he's having a hard time just he's dealing with it. He's always been happier when she was the little mouse. Yeah. Because when they ran away the first time, mm-hmm. and they were just living where she was struggling again, not using her power and you know picking the the orange tobacco um he was yeah he was happy then because again he was the one that was being the most useful he was the man he was she was back to being mousy and unseen yeah and that goes into just like the way that people think relationships should be Mm -hmm. and how there's just got to be this dumb only one dominant one and like ugh, yeah yeah but this at this point you know Go on, Alina. You don't yeah. need him. So before we close out this one chapter, um, because there's one part that really freaked me out and I think is a huge plot point, and that is that the Darkling pushes her hair away from her collar and puts his lips to her cheek, and she feels it. She feels that his lips are cold, and that's how this chapter ends. We got another touch. So, I mean, that's just, that's a lot. He's, he's, I, I just, 
that's just a lot. I'm going to stop it, it there. So um, anyways, um, that is where we finish our reading section for this episode. But we are going to go into... Grisha Cast News. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've actually got... Last week, we didn't have anything. This week, we've got some stuff. Um, Kit Young, who is actually playing Jesper on the show um, that's coming out for Netflix, tweets that it's freezing cold on set, but to be fair, it's nice to look at. Hashtag Shadow and Bone. Hashtag Trailer. Hashtag Winter. Hashtag Budapest. And it um he has a picture of his trailer i saw that <laughs> yeah it was kind of a it's a play on words and it was kind of cute yeah here's oh. the trailer yep and then lee on instagram but on instagram story did this little video where she showed it's her reaction after seeing i guess the shadow and bone netflix teaser trailer and i loved this yeah so I've got one quote from it because I didn't get all of it. She says, it was beautiful and amazing, and it's a cliche to say, I got chills, but I got chills. And she went on, like, so that's the one, like, actual wording I can say that she actually did say that. But she went on to say that it looked like a show that she would definitely watch from it. And I bet that's just so cool to see that. It has to be very surreal. Yeah. That the world that's been inside your head is becoming a reality that other people can see now. Yep. And and it's a trailer. And um, one thing that I looked up, though, is Netflix is very late on putting out trailers. Yeah. That like, who knows when we're going to see that. Um, but um, so that's what we've got for Grisha Cast News. Listener thank yous. I'd like to thank um, Caitlin Cusick from Facebook. Thank you so much for talking to us and telling us that you like our show. We love it. Thank and you. Thank you. Yeah. We love all of our listeners. And again, just talk to us. We love you. We love to hear what you think. And um so we've got a Fjord and Mary Kill actually from Angela from Twitter. And this is for both of us, by the way. All right. Okay. So Fjord and Mary Kill, Nadia, Tamar, and the Darkling. So do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I don't care. Do we have to come to a consensus? Well, I mean, I'll have an answer. You'll have an answer. Hmm. So. All right. I'll go first. Okay. So let's see. Um, Fjordan, Mary, Kill. I will pick. Let's see. I'm actually going to. Oh, God, that's kind of hard a little bit. I'm trying to figure. It's, the Fjordan and Marys are hard. Yes. That's the hard yes. one um, for me right now. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to. Fjordan the Darkling, and I'm going to marry Tamar and kill Nadia. Ooh. Yeah, it was really hard. I almost wanted to kill, because I, I think I've always married the Darkling, but I decided to switch it up because I'm get, we're getting to know a lot more about Tamar, mm -hmm. and um, I, I, I think she's a fun character. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know. Just because I marry them doesn't mean I have to fear it in them no. all the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> just like in every good marriage. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, what do you got? Um, I'm going to marry Tamar. 
Okay. I'm going to Fjordan the Darkling. And I'm going to kill Nadia. So we did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we both did the same thing. Well, We an- came to a consensus. Well, Angela, I hope you um, liked our answers. Um, I, um, I'd be interested to know what you would pick. So you take your own and tell us what your answer to that one would be. And um, anyways... So that is really the end of this episode. Next week's chapters, we are getting to the end. We really are. Um, so next week's chapters are 19, 20, and 21. And uh, we, um, again, I want to say sorry about this late um, podcast. We um, just had, um, my my lovely husband had to go on a trip and wouldn't get back until late Thursday night. So there is no way we'd be able to record it. We can't do it without him. Yeah, we can't do it without him. So, um, but thank you for being so cool. And um, we will have this out to you it um, this weekend. It's going to come out tonight. So anyways, we'll be back on schedule next Next Friday, you'll have your next episode covering. I feel like we're going to see some more action. Oh, of course. We're getting to the end. Mm-hmm. So 19, 20, and 21, y'all. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. And um, it has been a pleasure. Keep doing what we, what you've been doing. Like us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. Uh, go to our Facebook page. If you have not, please go to Apple and like please just give rate us and make a comment we love to hear what you guys think so um anyways hope you guys have a lovely martin luther king day have a lovely three-day weekend um we love you all and um yeah so got any parting words baby just keep being your awesome selves go that work that works anyways we love you guys have a good one and um we will see you next friday bye Bye. this has been grisha cast you may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com follow us on instagram at grisha cast twitter at grisha podcast and on facebook at grisha cast